Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Door Bumper Clear, and I'm Jason Schultz. Indianapolis is in the books, and it's on for the playoffs. Brett and Freddie are in studio today to discuss... Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman securing final playoff spots. Bubba Wallace's impressive third place finish. Mike Harmon versus Michael Annette. And many more. Ready, set, go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. I'll watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Hello. Hello. Clear. Bring home. Three wide, the line. Door, bumper, clear. Hello. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Doesn't TJ usually yeah. do this? <laughs> Casey, that was your opportunity to be better than TJ, which isn't that hard to do, and you just royally I thought it, it was going to be you. You're looking at me like about to talk. I'm looking at you like, go. No, you're looking at me like okay, you were about to I'll open go. your mouth. I'm Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer. I got my man Elliot Sadler coming back this weekend. I got... The hostess with the mostest back in the damn studio. Welcome back, Casey Boat from Midget Racing. Thank you. And NASCAR Racing. Oh, yeah? You had to work your real mm. job, your real day job? Yeah. yeah. I basically lived at the track. For Indy. Uh, yes, I had to work the Indy race, and then before that, Chad's race. Yeah, so TJ decided his perfect attendance would come to an end for 2019. I know, I think it's the first time. But don't worry, because Freddie is here, fresh off a hangover and allergies and anything else you have going on with you right now. Third place finish. I I promise you I sound just as good as I feel right now. You sound are, like. Are you saying I'm not? I wasn't the hostess with the Moses last week. <laughs> no, is that? I mean, you cannot insult the host from last week while I'm here. I don't think that's right. Well, I forgot about that. You're, Casey is the hostess with the Moses. She gets that title. On top of me feeling not very good today, if anybody could see what Brett is wearing to the podcast today, <laughs> what you am know, I wearing? we're gonna send some you have the out. most ridiculous pair of shorts I've ever seen on a man in my life <laughs> on right now. You I didn't, didn't see, see these it. shorts? No. What are you wearing? Oh my I'm wearing, god! I'm Just consider yourself. Lucky. I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing a $250 pair of blue jeans. They went out of <laughs> style, so I cut them off and made Do them they have shorts. The jewels in them or something? <laughs> they, <laughs> I bought them in Vegas like 15 years ago. They they're went out of worth, style. They're not worth $250. The amount of material he cut off, I think they're only worth $37 now. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, it's ridiculous. Well, we'll need to take a picture of this. Don't no, you worry. I don't think anybody sure wants to see that. I'm sure we'll t- It's the only thing I had clean, man. I've been out of town a lot. <laughs> All right. I'm down to Tommy Hilfiger underwear that I wore in college. 
This is a true story. I'll show you my underwear, too, if you want to see them. <laughs> I can almost see them now. <laughs> and I'm down to a freaking pair of shorts that I had to cut off. And, I mean, it's hard times around the Griffin house this week. And I leave tomorrow for Las Vegas. So I'm, like, literally in laundry overload. I'm, I'm stressed out. There's a lot going on with work, a lot going on with personal life, a lot going on with apparel. So this is what I got. It sounds like uh, you need a therapy session. You want to keep yeah. going? This is what the podcast is for. And he made the playoffs. And yeah, I made the playoffs. Yeah, so happy. He made the playoffs. Well, like people say that, and I'm really, really, really happy for our guys because they've worked endless hours to make race cars go fast. And we have fast cars. We should have never been in the position we were in. Uh, it's a little discouraging to go into anything um, as hard as a NASCAR playoff, though, with zero wins and zero playoff points, right? We're, we're starting from the bottom. Now we're here is what Drake said, but we've got our work cut out for us. We're certainly up for the challenge, but at the end of the day, we can't do what we've been doing. Um, the past three weeks, we can do what we've been doing before that. The last five or six weeks before that, we literally <laughs> to bed and had to lay in it. So we, uh, we, we got our, we got to get our stuff, keep our stuff on track. Like we've been with the last, uh, last three races, get stage points, finish single digit finishes, in advance, I feel like this first round um, is is pretty hard because it's a lot of guys. If you if you screw up, man, you can get yourself in real big trouble early. And uh, Vegas is a hard racetrack. You know, it's not getting into turn three can be tough, and it's going to be you know hotter than hell out there. It's going to be like a hundred degrees. That's why I wore these shorts, man. I'm practicing being hot, so um, figured <laughs> I'd, I'd just do it that way. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, awesome for Clint, awesome for uh, Booger the Crew Chief, and all the guys. I mean, again. They put in all the hard work. I mean, I stand on a roof 40 weekends a year, but I don't have to, to endure what those guys endure with all the long hours at the shop. So Brett was fine. Like, I, I never, I hung out with Brett every night. We were there all day, Sunday morning, hanging out, talking a little bit. And Brett was fine the whole time. No show of nerves, really. I didn't, I didn't sense any like extra pressure on Brett till about. 10 to go, and Bubba was running third, and I think Clint was like sixth right yeah. behind us. And he's like, hey, man. Don't let him do anything stupid and get us all wrecked right here. <laughs> well, what I actually personally – now, this was a personal comment, right? I said, Freddie, I would love for you to win this race and make the playoff and me to get enough points and make the playoff and us right. literally be the last two guys in. I would love for that to be. I mean, we're great friends. I'd love to see us both have that chance. But I also have seen Bubba, um, with your help, do some really dumb stuff <laughs> – when he's having a good run, don't let this be a day where he screws up a really good run. I wasn't going down there entirely for myself. I was also going there. 97% bread. Sure 3%. as hell. We're coming to the checker flag, and I look up in turn three, and here Bubba has Ryan Blaney just literally in the grass. He's running him so low because Bubba doesn't want to relinquish the top three finish, and he's racing Blaney. That's coming just to white. something terrible. <laughs> and Blaney ends up going from – you know, racing for third, end up finishing seventh. So I ended up getting a spot out of it, which was great. Got me a top five. But I was literally watching this play out coming to the white, and I was like, no, he didn't listen. He didn't get Bubba my message. Oh, I did. Not. And I said, looking inside, inside, still there. St ah! Clear, I guess. <laughs> uh, clear by five to the 24 now. Yeah. <laughs> At 12 is gone. But there are, there are always times where we have uh, the, the old pucker up moments. You yeah. know? I mean, I certainly had one when Bowman wrecked yesterday and uh, goes flying across the racetrack. I, he wrecked going toward the wall. And all of a sudden, when that car hooked, man, he shot down right back across, literally aimed for us. And all I could say was, spinning in front of you, he's up high. He's coming down. He's coming. Like Freddie said, you, 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 you know, your voice pitch changes. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, we're getting ready to get hit. This is going to be it. 
but we didn't. We kept going, so it was awesome. Hey, Andy was uh, great weather. Best weather we've ever oh, had. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was in the seventies every day. The weather at night was good drinking weather. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably a bad thing. We went to St. Elmo's, and oh, me uh, too. yeah, we had some colleague folks with us. Obviously, uh, doing some 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 work dinners out there in Indy, and uh, yeah, Freddie had a, a Freddie and I both. I've been trying not to eat a lot of red meat, you know, <laughs> and they come across the with with this opportunity for. Uh, me to have some kind of special ribeye they've got. And I'm like, oh, was it the cowboy? I can't turn no. this thing. I got the cowboy. It was, it was a really special good. cut ribeye. He told us, and he told us all this. He sold me on it, and I was like, I'll take one of those medium rare. This thing was huge, and they didn't even cook it. <laughs> you, when you got to the middle of that thing, it was pretty bad. Like it was, it was like just below medium rare, like on the outside. When you got to the middle of it, it was over. Like it, it was like, up and it was just a hook it, of meat it, that was. It was mooing, standing there mooing, <laughs> and it had barely. They literally knocked the horns off his ass and put it on my plate. <laughs> now they hit a little. They did hit a little sear on it, but trust me, it was it was rare. Nonetheless, uh, it was it was yeah, a phenomenal was, meal. Saint Elmo's shrimp cocktail is still one of the most iconic things that we do on I, tour. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's probably the restaurant that the industry goes to the most, I would say, right? I, I mean, agree. Ronin and Daytona oh, is yeah. the number one. When I start number hearing one. the word Indy, Casey, I go on my phone and make a reservation. Mm-hmm. Because it's if you don't do that, oh, yeah. you can't get in It there. was basically the garage when you walked in there on Friday. Like, yeah. the NBC was there, all the industry. We had Richard Childress behind us. We had Bubba Suggs beside of us, and obviously his, uh, his family, the Suggs family. Who else was around us, Freddie? Uh, we saw Bowman Bobby, in there. Yeah, and, Bowman. yeah, Bowman's in there. Matt Tiff was in there. Uh, Matt, what's his name? Tift? No, the other one. Tiffin Nadetta? <laughs> <laughs> I get it right that Three time. Three weeks. <laughs> can't say it still. It was a little bit better. I mean, it's close. It's D. Benedetto. No. Nope. D. Benedetto. Change his name. <laughs> Matt D. from now on. Guido. His name's Guido. Yeah. Matt D. So, anyway, Indy was awesome. It was fun. Nice. It was fun. Where you been, Casey? What you been doing? Oh, you know, just working. I honestly, I could have done the show last week. So y'all gave me crap, but I could have done it if y'all hadn't changed it a million times. Don't okay, wait, wait. Who changes it? Maybe Donor. Maybe what, you. Are you. Casey, really? <laughs> Who do we always change this show for? Donor. Donor. <laughs> No. I need to stop talking before I get You are lying. Who do we always, who always in our group chat determines what time we record? TJ. TJ. Yes. He is the neediest little podcast guy I've yeah, ever been around. So needy. <laughs> he is babysitting all the time. It's awful. I can't do two to three and I can't do 3.30 to 4.45. I can do like nine to 9.15. It's like, <laughs> all right, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Great window. Great window. Appreciate you. He missed all the Chick-fil-A though. Oh, Good. I honestly, I might be eating the entire show, so I I might gain like five pounds just within this hour of recording. Because yeah. if Freddie gets me sick with all the sneezing, I'm he's not going to get you sick. I'm, I'm going to kill him. Contagious, I'm glad you got like whoever Jason you like put me super far on yeah. this side of the table today. So thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I can't stop sneezing. <laughs> You know what makes him sneeze is lights. This is a good day for me. That's the brightest light I've ever <laughs> he, seen in my life. He looks like I can't he even just read the sheet anymore. I'm, I'm crying. All right, great. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Let's talk about something else. Well, uh, what about some pristine auction items? Yeah. So do we win? Uh, no. Last week I did not get the bids in time to win the you two suck. items. You suck, Jason. What the? I hell? We had two bids. You I know, had one I job. I was in class. I was trying to do it, and then never got a chance. So the hell with class. You got to. You have to drop out of school. Uh, I would like to at this point. One semester <laughs> left, just want to get done. Here's one cool. Do item. you have a four right now? Uh, probably three eight. Oh, you suck, what dude. What the hell is wrong with That's you? Awful. Sorry, am I fired? 
I made a point eight one time. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a zero point four. I'll, I'll <laughs> it aside. Is that yeah, your blood alcohol yeah. level? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they graded. Uh, <laughs> that's how they grade. Yeah, no, Gamecock School is a party school. Blood alcohol was way higher than that. I should have went somewhere like Harvard. Hi, I'm Brett Griffin. I'll be an attorney. That would have been interesting. The party school thing was too much. It screwed my life up. Could you Just imagine showing up to court Clearly. and Brett Griffin's your attorney? You're like, <laughs> and I'm going to jail. Oh, they get like a free attorney. <laughs> Good news is my lawyer's coming with me. So, <laughs> valid point. That was funny. That was true. Touche. All right. So, a couple items we can bid on today. There's a couple of signed Richard Petty photos, which are pretty cool. Hey, There's also okay. this Dale Earnhardt number eight, um, 1964 Chevelle Clear window diecast for fifty dollars. Whoa! I think that's cool. We're not going to get that. No. So going to happen. There's a Kale Yarbrough sign. Let me get you number some advice. 21. Anytime you try to bid on an autograph that you'll never, ever be able to get again, you're usually not going to get it. I have been fortunate enough to have two Michael Jackson autographs, and I paid through the absolute roof for both of them. So let's focus on the yeah. king, especially since Freddie didn't suck yesterday. Hey. And that actually, Dylan Hart one's not signed. I'd, oh. But it's just his old number eight die. You got to get it together. Cool. Hey. Uh, He's a little yes. busy, okay? He's got nuggets in there. Yeah, I had to get all this Chick-fil-A for y'all. <laughs> There's so much Earnhardt stuff on this table. We, yeah. need to, we need to go for something all right. with the king. Signed Richard Petty photo. Putting the bid in right now. Deal. Sweet. Good work. Spot on, spot on, spot on, spot on. Spot on, spot on, you like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic. Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman earned playoff spots in the regular se- the final regular season race. What you got, Brett? Spot on for the entire just drama that built up to literally the last lap of the race. I mean, there were numerous times when various guys could have been in, right? Jimmy looked extremely fast, obviously got into a wreck there and wanted to, which ruined his day, took him completely out of the equation. You know, Ryan and Daniel were certainly battling right up until the end. We were fast enough to give me confidence that we would make it, but we just kept getting in scenarios where every single wreck that happened happened in front of us, no matter if it was Larson at the end, if it was Bowman, if it was Eric Jones, whenever he had his incident with the two-car. Like, we were certainly having to overcome a lot of adversity and miss wrecks, but fortunately I felt like we had the speed. But nonetheless, you're still talking about a single-digit margin coming down to the last lap. So I think just – Kudos to the drama that built up from really, you know, after we left Darlington until the end of the race yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, spot on for them guys making it. Uh, obviously, I think Clint was probably in the driver's seat going in, and then I kind of had a feeling. Literally. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, I kind, you kind of had the feeling going in that Daniel was probably going to push a little too hard. Like I feel like he's been making mistakes, like overdriving a little bit, and you see that right away. He bounced off the fence yesterday. Then I think he got into the Tiff kid late in the race and wrecked him. Yeah. So he's just kind of been a little over his head here lately, put himself in bad spots, maybe not great pick calls that put him behind a little bit. But, uh, you know, spot on for them guys. Uh, I was going to go down. There was there was a restart. We were third there at the end, and I'm like, I was going to go down and see if Brett was – I mean, am I allowed to win this race? Are you still going to talk to me tomorrow if I win this race? Because there was one time, the one of the, the last restart, we pushed Joey good enough into one where they ran side-by-side side in the three, and I'm like – Oh, God, if Bubba can get to this 22's bumper, this is going to be ugly. Yeah, and, I wish uh, he would have because he needs to do that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we couldn't get to him. We tried, but we, right. they got singled out right before we could get to him. But, yeah, spot on for them guys for sure. 
It, uh, I think the, the one of the coolest parts of it is, and, and this is what people have to realize, we had 26 weeks to make the chase, right? We had a lot of opportunity. We run second a lot this year, third a lot this year. So we had 26 weeks to do it, and it just comes down literally to the last lap of the last race. And I think anytime you have a sport that can provide that moment for fans, it's exciting, right? So realizing it was the last race, there was a lot online for you specifically and your team. Did you guys have a different strategy? Did you have? Did you do anything different going into Indy um, that kind of helped ensure or hope that you would? No, make I mean it the, the goal was to score as many points as we could possibly score. We weren't so much worried about. Obviously, if you get a chance to win the race, you're going to win the race, right? But we were more worried about beating. Uh, the three guys that we needed to beat. And obviously, if we beat two of the three, we're guaranteed in. I was never really worried about Jimmy. I think the other two guys needed to be because if he got stage points, which he did yesterday, he could make up a lot of ground on the points as, as far as those guys go. But he was 26 points behind me. It's hard to make up 26 points in one race as long as you're running well, which we were. So it uh, it just came down to stage one. We didn't get any points. Uh, some of that can be attributed to us pitting when a yellow came out and, and allowing guys like Newman and Jimmy to drive up there and get those points. And on the restart, uh, we were coming around Kyle there on turn three, and I don't know what happened, but we lost a ton of ground and ended up finishing that stage like 14th. Second stage, we did and executed like we were supposed to. Came out of there with some stage points. Obviously finished the race with a top five. And you're going into uh, – this is a really weird round, right? We got a mile and a half in Vegas, which is a very unique racetrack. We've got Richmond coming up, a short track, and then we've got the crazy – wacky Roval to end uh, the first the first playoff run so man it's uh it's really easy to to not be good at all three of those because they're such different racetracks you know the guys that are going to be able to put together some really good runs are going to going to say hey we're here to compete for this championship and that's the guys that are winning races are realistically the guys that you have to say are in contention you know Harvick two months ago you probably weren't going to say his name but he's won three races in the last six weeks so boom here he comes as a guy right he knows when to turn it on we've got to win races in this playoff or we're not going to have a chance to win at all fair Next topic, Jimmy Johnson crashes out Sunday and will miss the playoffs for the first time ever. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Uh, spot off, obviously. You never want to see somebody crash. You want to see them race it out. and uh, It kind of sucks for Jimmy just for the fact that you know he's been such an ambassador for our sport forever that he's not going to be part of the playoff. But I guess this is kind of what they say. The uh, you know he's, he's shown speed lately, but at the beginning of the year they were off a little bit. And uh, hopefully, you know, he gets a turned around and makes it again next year. You see, like i seen this morning, he tweeted out, like, amazing. The sun still came up today. Like, we got 10 more races to go get one. So it's obviously not the end of the world for him, but it sucks that he won't be part of the chase. Jimmy started in the Cup Series at 25 years old. And in today's world, that almost sounds old when you look at Logano and some of those guys that came in so young, right? Started at 25 years old, has won 83 races and seven championships. Is, in my mind, the greatest stock car driver to ever live and I realize you're putting it up against Dale Earnhardt Richard Petty um, but to have won championships in literally every format that NASCAR has ever had a championship is freaking amazing he's won it in every they've changed their freaking playoff system more than Freddie's probably changed his underwear in the last seven eight years and this guy's won under every single scenario so like it's pretty it's pretty cool that that he's done that obviously when you see a guy. I mean, I think Ryan Newman and Jimmy Johnson came in together as rookies. And you look at it, you know, here here are two rookies that were phenomenal race car drivers, won a lot of races, a lot of big races together, a lot of poles. And here they are, they can't make the playoff. They're struggling to make the playoff. They're the last guy in the playoff and the, and the second guy out of the playoff. Like, 
that just shows you how hard this sport is right now because if it were easy, Jimmy Johnson would certainly have been in this playoff easily. And the reality is, I'll go back to just what we just said, he had 26 races to make it, and he was hanging on by a nail trying to make it yesterday, and he wasn't able to pull it off. Bubba Wallace finishes P3 and comes closest among drivers in a must-win scenario. What you got, Freddie? Spot off. What a blow. <laughs> <laughs> spot off that he did yeah. win. Spot off. He sucks. Now, uh, obviously spot on. It was, uh, you know, obviously the best run probably we've ever had in the Cup Series. Probably the best run, the best race he's ever driven. Um, actually had a lot of early pit stop. We got damage. He's kind of pissed off, thinks it's the end of our day. We come out, we restart three-quarters of the track behind the field. He goes up, drives back up to 20 from there, and I'm like, holy, sh- we are flying. I'm like, if we can get some track position, we might be in good shape here. And, uh, you know, we did. Eventually got up there and, and raced our way, took advantage of a couple guys racing each other, got up there in the top five, had a couple good restarts, and uh, was hoping them guys got together on the last lap and gave us a shot at them, but they didn't. But, I mean, by far our best run that we've ever had. I don't think anybody was beating Kevin Harvick yesterday. It was amazing how fast he was. But at the same time, we also saw Logano stay out um, to end stage two. And Harvick's on four fresh tires, and Logano's on old tires, and he couldn't pass him. We saw Blaney get the lead, couldn't pass him. Like, whoever got the lead was going to win the race. I was pulling for Bubba to get a really good restart, have the right push down the backstretch, have a chance to take the lead and, and win this race because, man, it would be awesome for NASCAR if he could do that. I actually texted him and Freddie after the race, and I was like, hey, man, congratulations. That's awesome to see you guys relevant, literally during the whole day. And I said multiple times over my radio, hey, this 43 is fast. Like because you get around guys that you haven't seen all year, and you get a little spooked, you know what I mean? And you're like, well – Man, you know, I don't know about this 36 car. I don't know about this 43 car. But I literally, one thing you don't want to have Clint worried about is him hesitating because he doesn't know if Bubba's fast. I'm like, hey, he's fast. Push him. If you get around him, like, he's going to go. So, And Bubba is, and always has been, Freddie can attest to this, he's aggressive on restarts. He will flat out get after it on restarts. That makes it fun to spot for a guy like that. But my favorite thing was I sent him a text, said, hey, let's go throw some dice this weekend in Vegas to celebrate. And Bubba immediately replied, yeah, let's do it. So uh, that's probably my favorite part of this. Yeah, I mean, and we, we talk about on this deal, like money by speed and stuff like that. We, you know, we were hurting the beginning of the year, didn't have, didn't have the funds we really needed to compete the way we should, and got that big sponsorship from Victory Junction. And this was actually the first brand-new car that we've wow. gotten since that sponsorship. We ran it at Michigan, had a couple bugs to work out, and this was the second race we brought it to. And it was right off the trailer. We were top five first practice, top ten second practice. So, I mean, hopefully, we, you know, if we can find a little bit more money, we can get some more new cars and, and really showcase what Bubba can do. But here's the coolest thing about that, too, is, you know, Bubba is always having to go to Austin Dillon and having to go in Daniel Hemrick's trailer and try to figure out what are you guys doing to get speed. When Bubba's going to show up like that, have speed, come off a single-digit run like that, run good all day, now they're going to be going in his truck, right? So you actually can get a better flowing of, of information than what you have. Because, man, I've been on teams where you're fast and you see the slower teammate walk in and you're like, oh, i got to help this guy again. It's a lot different when you can actually help them. You, you tend to get a lot more information. So it be interesting to see how RCR plays off of that big finish because they're obviously a big alliance partner for you guys, and it's cool to see that working. Spot on, spot off the celebration, Freddie. Spot off, Jesus. <laughs> Good thing know. you guys didn't win. My Jack, man, he bought – there was 10, 10 of us at the bar. I think he bought 38 shots. I don't know why. I, don't, I think he miscounted slightly. <laughs> it's an even number. But, uh, yeah. He was just trying to get to 43. Yeah, just take a few to one. So then, of course, like, I'm not smart enough to, like, all right, we're done. Everybody's kind of going home. I'm going to go home and just keep drinking. Why wouldn't you? So, yeah, it was – 
it was spot off this morning. I mean, it was spot on last night, spot off today. That's I try, we tried to get Bubba to come on. What he have did? He's got to go to the debrief. He said he could come on if we were doing it earlier, but I didn't. Well, check. we were doing I, it earlier. I couldn't check TJ's schedule. Yeah, so. I know. We'll get him all. Yeah, he'll be on eventually. Next, this one's my favorite. Spot on, spot <laughs> off. Mike Harmon's tweet to Michael Annette. Jason, you want to read it? He tweeted on Friday, I apologized as a team, but you took it to a whole new level when a camera's in your face. Come bring your punk ass down to Applebee's on Crawford Road and call me an idiot to my face, at Michael Annette. Spot oh. on, spot off. Brett, you have to take this one first. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? This guy... First of all, I was almost in this wreck. I was spotting for Austin Dillon. We're catching Mike Harmon, who is always slow. But this particular time, he was slow and out of the groove on the high side as we were entering four. I'm like, slow up top, 74. He's coming down. He's coming down. He's in the middle. He's on the bottom. Check out, check out, check out. Pop. Boom, they hit, right? And I'm like, what the f- is this guy doing? Does he not have a spotter? Is he not listening to the spotter? Does he not have a mirror? Does he not have a brain? That's literally what's going through my head. And Austin's like, what the, what was that? <laughs> That's what Harmon had to say, right? So anyway, it's like, what the heck is going on here, man? But then, you know, Michael Nett's going to be upset, right? I mean, he's he's trying to win a race. He's got a fast car. He's in this playoff thing that's coming up. And he gets wrecked. You know, it wasn't his fault. So he's upset. He calls Harmon an idiot. Idiot. Okay, well, then Harmon goes on Twitter and calls him a punk ass. Isn't that the same thing as him going on TV and calling him an idiot? What I was most afraid for from Michael Annette is that Mike Harmon was going to actually eat him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, spot on. (laughs) Maybe that's what he wanted him to come to Applebee's for, his dessert. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, spot off. Shut up. I mean, what the hell are you talking about? You are the biggest idiot on the racetrack, nine times out of ten. Who, let me ask you this question. Idiot. Who do you know that runs that speed that gets more penalties on pit road than the 74? Nobody. Every race, it's like three, uh, too fast entering. He's, he's going faster on pit road than he goes on the racetrack most of the time. I don't get it. Like, just, I mean... You do enough dumb stuff on the racetrack that you probably just need to shut your mouth and take it when somebody calls you. Let me ask you this, Freddie. How big do you think the driver's meeting room was for for Indianapolis? (laughs) Like, if you really want to call this guy a punk ass and really want to eat him or beat him or whatever you want to do, he's pretty darn close to you in that room, right? I would think so. Oh, I was there. Oh, was it uncomfortable? (laughs) I actually, like, forgot, honestly. I should have looked to see where they were sitting. Man. I don't know. Don't threaten well, me could, with a good time. You couldn't miss Harmon, so well, you just couldn't see an end, I guess, probably. It was a big room. Like, That's everybody sat in the back of the room. There were, like, five rows in the front He's row. had his five minutes of fame for the season, and here we go. I you think know? Applebee's should be paying for sponsorship, though, at this yeah. point. Cause... Well, they probably need to recoup some of the money they had to shell out for whatever he ate on <laughs> yeah. Friday night. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spot on, spot off. Elliot Sadler returning to the track in the Xfinity Series race at Las Vegas. What do you think, Freddie? I let Brett go first on this one. I think, man, okay. it's a uh, it's a lot it's a lot less home pull tugging on my heart than uh, than last year at Homestead. Um, Elliot just tweeted it's his last race ever. 
We've got a big announcement coming out today, which is going to come out right before you guys are listening to this show, that Elliot's running a very special paint scheme. He's literally going to run the paint scheme from his 1993 to 1995 late model car. It was the slip-in yellow car, and it is a pretty race car. Nutrient Ag Solutions really came to the table and ultimately made this happen for Elliot. He really, 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 really wanted to run this paint scheme last year at Homestead. And the sponsor back then despite having been with Elliot for eight years, said, no, we can't afford to give up our colors and our brand awareness for that race. We need to keep it intact. And he was really upset because Elliot's not a guy that asks for a lot from, from sponsors. And so he didn't realize that I went to the sponsor this time and said, hey, Nicole, we need your help. We want to run this paint scheme. And she's like, hmm, let me think about it. She takes it to her boss, Brent. Brent looks at it and goes, Man, if this is going to be great for Elliot, it's great for us. He's the reason we came into NASCAR. Let's give back to him. Let's give him this paint scheme. And uh, I've got the video that, that Elliot, where he saw it, I'm sure it'll get tweeted out at some point. And he watched the clip of the, of the video, and the first thing he said was, hey, I need a minute. I want to watch it again. And he's like, it looks just like my late model car. Like, you can tell he's excited. I sent it. He hates surprises. Listen to me. He hates surprises more than any human being I know which was the best part of it for me because it's like, hey, I got you, and I tugged at your heart a little bit. He's like, he texts me, he's like, you trying to make me cry? I was like, nah, man, you deserve this. Like, if you're going to go out after a 24-year career in NASCAR's top series, you deserve to go out with the damn paint scheme that you want. Boom, this is it. This is a really cool going-away present for him. Yeah, it's awesome for Elliot. I remember last year talking about it with you about him wanting to run that at Homestead. So it's just it's great for him and and even Chris Rice, who I think worked on that late model, is, is uh, the crew chief on the on the. Or no, he's not the crew chief anymore. The ten car is he? So he actually is. Yeah, is he? This so week? he'll be crew chief. He was crew chief and back in the late model days, and he's his crew chief for his last race. So that's awesome for them guys to be able to do this one more time. Yeah. Let's take a break and see what's coming up this week on the Dale Junior Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week's seven-time Cup Series champ, Jimmy Johnson, is in the house. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m., 9 p.m., and again on midnight Thursday, 5 p.m. On NBC Sports Network, The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home, so request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. Yo, OfferPad.com is still the easiest way to buy or sell your home. Freddie, man, what you got? Let's buy or sell your house. Let's yeah, do I mean, something. the entire process is completed online, eliminating all of the hassle of buying and selling. Yeah, it only takes five minutes to submit your home, and you'll get an offer in about 24 hours. I think that you should just go list it, not tell Megan, and just see what kind of money we can get, man. We might be able to run away to the bank here with this thing. I think what we need to do is list both of our houses and not tell either of our wives, <laughs> and and then we could buy a new house when they leave us. Huh. I think I think I think we need to keep my house because I got a golf cart and I got a boat, and then they, they can go live in a new house where, where, where your house, <laughs> your house can be their house. 
Perfect. But well, we use OfferPad.com for both transactions. That's the thing. OfferPad.com. They'll help you move. They'll move the closing date. They want to make it easy for you. Buying and selling your home has never been easier. Go to OfferPad.com. Let's go into fast lane. Three racing questions. One off the wall question. Thirty seconds to respond to each. Only thirty seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question. The Cup Series qualified and raced on the same day, Sunday at Indy, as a part of a two-day weekend. Is Sunday qualifying a good idea or a bad idea? Brett. It's a terrible idea when a spotter's got to go stand up there for no reason for an hour. We had to be up there because there were two cars on the track at once, and we literally didn't do anything but just stand there and watch. Leave it um, to Brett to complain about something. Well, hey, I could have slept. I could have ran that morning. I could have slept thirty more minutes. I could have had breakfast. They had. To, I had the best grits I've ever had in my life in Indianapolis. Could have stayed out later. This place called the Something Egg. They had jalapeno grits. Anyway, back to your question. Man, I think it's cool for the fans, right? Because it gives them an opportunity to watch qualifying and the race in the same day. I think it's challenging for the, the, the teams, though, in the event that something happens. If you had a problem in qualifying, that's a really, really, really small window to get your backup car out and be ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it Sunday walking in, though. Like you, it's, you think it's a cool idea for the fans, but there really wasn't anybody – Around that, at the morning, you know, in the morning, uh, to watch the cars, you know, roll out, get ready for qualifying. I mean, it's obviously you'd think, you know, one day ticket for see both events is probably better. But yeah, I'm, I, I mean, we had to turn in early. If, if you ever go out with Brett at night, um, you can immediately watch the clock start turning backwards in his head to figure out if he doesn't get eight hours of sleep, you can't deal with him the next day. It's intolerable, like it's terrible. So all of a sudden, you'll see him start counting with his fingers. And that means how many hours of sleep he's going to get. And then three seconds later, he says, I got to go to the bathroom. And you never see him again. I have to sleep eight hours. It's my rule. Yeah. I really like to have nine, but I got to sleep eight. If qualifying on the same day and racing on the same day was fantastic, I think we'd have sold more people there. We'd have sold more tickets. And I still look at Indy and I say from an, opt- from an optic standpoint, we need to race in markets and at racetracks where people support us. And for whatever town, for whatever, whatever reason, that town doesn't seem to support us at that particular track anymore. And it pisses me off. So in your ideal world, would you have qualifying on Saturday or Friday? I love this Vegas schedule. Okay, because we go in on Friday and we do all of our practice sessions for the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. And then on Saturday, those guys go in and they're going to qualify both series and race the Xfinity Series. Then on Sunday, we're going to run the Cup race. If we're going to have a three-day Cup show, I think that's the ideal schedule. Darlington, it was fabulous. It was hot there. Guess what? It's hot all summer everywhere we go. Darlington is fabulous. For the fans, it's better. I'm a big fan of that schedule. For a two-day show, I don't have an issue with qualifying being on the same day as, as the race. I just don't like to pick picks like, pick pits like we did because we picked based on owner's points, and we saw a gigantic wreck yesterday on pit road. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but nonetheless, I think your pit selection should come from qualifying, and that didn't happen yesterday. Big race on the line for us to change the way we do a really big procedure for our weekend. Um, but I'd like to have a little bit more of a gap in between the qualifying session and the actual race. All right, well, hopefully they're listening. After Brad Keselowski's hard hit into a tire barrier protecting an awkward wall angle on the bat stretch, he called for another safety revolution to fix issues like that. What track safety features still need to be improved? Freddie. 
Well, I mean, obviously you cannot have. I didn't see it, but as soon as it happened, as it was happening, Bubba starts screaming, "Check on Brad! Check on Brad! Check on Brad!" So I, I still haven't even seen a replay of it. But from what I gather, he hit the that brunt end of the wall, which I think no barrier. Had, it, there was a tire barrier there, and no, that kind of some things like those things kind of launch you in different directions than what you should be going anyway. But I mean, I feel like didn't Jeff Gordon hit the back there or just miss back there a couple years ago, like one of his last races there? I just feel like. You got. There's no way that there should be a blunt wall anywhere, any anywhere in our sport. Um, I have to go with a selfish improvement that I would like to see made, which would be a shade over the oh. spotter's stand. <laughs> it's going to be a hundred degrees. My real white skin turns real red and it burns, and I think that's unsafe. I think it'd be a lot safer if I had a shade and if I had a, a Cleopatra looking girl. With a big fan and some grapes, grapes and a cooler. Okay, well, if any sponsors want to sponsor that, you let me know. Everybody else at the racetrack has shade as an option. There's not one person there that can't get out of the sun except a Cleopatra us. looking girl. Is that well, what you said? Well, that's just a bonus. <laughs> no, that's safety. In a bathing suit, preferably? Yeah. In case Harmon gets mad and put her between me and him. <laughs> you think he'd be full by the time he got to you? Is that what you say? <laughs> How far do you think he could run, like really run? Really run? Yeah. Nowhere. Oh, come on, man. He can run somewhere. From seven steps, I give him. Maybe. This seven. is not a fast lane question, guys. Oh, no. sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Back, back to the show. Oh, gosh. Last year's... <laughs> That's going to become a mainstay on the show now. That's your new deal. <laughs> Last year's Las Vegas playoff opener included five cautions involving playoff contenders and seven finished worse than 20th. Will this scenario repeat itself this Sunday? Brett. It could if we have a restart incident. Uh, otherwise, these cars just don't wreck like the other cars did. You know, these cars are a lot more in the racetrack. I mean, when you look at Indianapolis, they're out there qualifying uh, full throttle. That's insane, right? How much downforce these cars are making, how much grip the tire is producing. Uh, could we see a wreck like that? Absolutely, we could see some big wrecks. But if that's going to be the case, it's going to be on these restarts. Yeah, absolutely right. The cars are just too hard to wreck nowadays. You don't see anybody just spin out anymore, except for maybe some of the back markers. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see any of the chase guys just going out there and wrecking, maybe getting the fence or something, trying to push a little too hard. But I don't see any huge wrecks like that. It, it, what, what's interesting to me is having been around the sport for a while and, and seeing this playoff thing develop, you're going to have 16 guys that are bringing their A game. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Bubba Wallace isn't going to try his hardest or Ricky Stenhouse isn't going to try his hardest or Paul Menard isn't going to try his hardest. But the reality is if they aren't close to the front, they're going to be pretty content with where they're at. They're not going to – Go for it. They're not going to be all in. To, to to go out there and run 15th versus 14th, they don't have a lot to gain. These 16 guys, though, they have a lot to gain for that one position. So it should be really fun to watch these guys race hard these last 10 weeks. I would love for us to have a week off before the playoff starts because I feel like from a media perspective, the fans deserve almost a playoff championship-style media week. You know, I know we'll, we'll do some stuff this week. The guys will go to Vegas early for some media availability, but this could really be a fun week to send these guys to 16 different markets, really make a lot of noise about our sport. I feel like the sponsorship that they used to be so huge with Winston and Sprint uh, and, and a lot of the different sponsors, Xfinity that's out there, they do a, an amazing job of taking our sport to the marketplace, and this could be a week – 
where NASCAR goes all in and takes our drivers to the marketplace from a media perspective and really makes a loud splash. This should be just as loud a week as it is for when we start the Daytona 500 in terms of what the drivers and the sport are doing to go out and promote it because we're starting our freaking championship run. These are our 16 guys, and it's not just about a photo of those 16 guys standing there after the race at Indy. It's about, man, these guys, are they, they got to go out there and do a job and do a, do a job for their their teams, their fans, and their sponsors, and I'd love to hear their story all week. You know what I mean? Now that this makes a difference, but Sunday Night Football had like two or three ads for the playoffs, which was pretty cool last night. That's awesome. In between the Patriots scoring a billion touchdowns Shut and up. winning. Well, Antonio Brown's coming on next week, just heads up. Oh, yeah, I bet. I can't wait. Off the wall question. Scientists in California conducted a study that revealed a possibility to reverse the process of aging. Wow, what a dream. If you could go back to a younger age, would you and which age? Brett. Oh, man. College? Um, No, I'd never live through that again. (laughs) Almost died. Um, I would go back to 30. And I would go back to 30 because I feel like at 30 is when I finally realized what I had accomplished and was accomplishing in life. And my fun switch went from high to higher. So I probably need to um, turn my fun switch back down. But 30 years old from then on, like, I, man, people don't realize, and, and this is life in general, right? When you're young, you think you got something hard to deal with. And then the older you get, you're like, oh, man, that wasn't hard. This is really hard. And it just keeps getting harder. For whatever reason, around 30 years old, I finally – um, felt established for the first time ever. And I didn't feel like everything had to be stressful and a panic. And some of the things that you think are going to be really big deals, you're like, hey, let's take a step back for a hot minute. And uh, and you realize, oh, this is going to be fine eventually. You know, it may not be fine right this minute, but it's going to be fine. There are very few things that don't work themselves out, right? I'd go back to whatever age I was at about 9 o'clock yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I could have made some different life decisions, he I think. He looks like he's staring into a, like <laughs> space right now. Um, no, I mean, I don't even think. I mean, it'd be fun to go back maybe and live the early 20s over and remake all those bad decisions. But I think I'm pretty content where I'm at right now. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, well, I am, I am quite a bit younger than you are. Other so. than the fact that you got mucus rolling out of your nose. <laughs> Casey, what age do you want to go back to? Yeah, Case. Uh, I would probably go back to like right when I graduated college, so like 24. And the exact same reason, Brett, that you said where I was so worried about finding a job and working every day. And like I lived in Chicago, which was a really cool city, yet I never enjoyed it because I was working nonstop, like traveled every weekend. And although that's fun, like I didn't embrace it um, and I stressed way too much, which is, I still do that now. But I think I'd probably go back just so that I can kind of make the most of the that time frame now. And when you look at life, you look at health concerns, that's a real concern. You look yeah. at you know losing a, a family or friend, that's a real concern. Outside of everything else in life, like we can pretty much manage to come back from just about anything. Right. But it's so easy to fill all those stressful times and to really depress yourself. And I'm not trying to give this big philosophical conversation Jeez. right now, but I'm telling you guys, like it's going to be all right. There's only a couple things that are really, really, really not overcomable, if that's a word. Exactly. And and I think, yeah, I mean, look at Freddie. He overcame. He made it up. He, he woke up today. Yeah. I hope I'm as wise as you are when I get to your age in 10 years. 
He's, he'll be your therapist. Yeah. Ten years from now, when I hit Brit's so, age, so Stuart Haas Racing, um, a guy on Stuart Haas Racing last week at the truck, he was like, "Hey, Brett, let me introduce you to this lady. She's a sports psychiatrist." I said, "Oh, honey, I'll send you back to school. You don't want to talk to me. I will make you think your degree ain't worth anything, and you need about two more years of school. You don't want to have this conversation." <laughs> she just started laughing, and she didn't talk to me. <laughs> Uh, Jason, what do you what age was you? He's twenty. I, I know. Like, I'm like trying to think. Like of to where would you go? Tell, I got to tell y'all something about Jason. Oh no. Oh yeah. So I pull up Jason's email today because I'm going to send him a photo of Elliot's car that we're running in Vegas, and I'm like, Jason Schultz. Guess what number, Casey? Eighteen is in his email. Eighteen. When I played baseball when I was younger. I, oh, so that's why you're number Kyle, 18. So it that's just, why Kyle's your favorite driver because your baseball number? No, that's what his, just, or you that's why it his because, baseball number uh, is 18 for Kyle. I actually made a new email in the last month, so I wouldn't have to send that one anymore. So <laughs> I'll get you my new one. It's Hey Jason Schultz. KB like, Schultz. Nah. <laughs> hey Jason Schultz. Like my Twitter, like my website, like my Instagram. Uh, now everybody's got your email address. You can get an email all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jason. PristineAuction.com is still the best online site where not only the most authentic and affordable memorabilia can be bought, but it's a site where you can literally go find anything you want in the NASCAR world. They have many different auction types, including daily auctions with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly. Also, the 10-minute auction is a great way to start to bid quickly and win some cool stuff. I guarantee authenticity and I can tell you, man, that's a big deal as a memorabilia collector. You want to know that your item is authentic. They guarantee that, and there's a lot of items affordable that are up for bids this week. Man, let's look at them. Yeah, check out some of these NASCAR items that bid for low prices last week. You had a Bill Elliott signed 1997 trading card that went for only 21 bucks. 1997. That's the year I graduated from the University of South Carolina. Go Cox, the ass-kicking chickens. They also got a Dell M and signed 8x10 photo. It was only 20 bucks. We saw Dell M in this weekend. It's always good to shake that guy's hand. Yeah. Nothing better than Dale Inman. Uh, what your fan was that? <laughs> oh, Nimmin, Nimmin, Nimmin. That was me celebrating Inman's hard work yesterday. <laughs> And now you're about to read Jason's line. I was going to read Jason's line because I can't read that first word. Now, if you're a fan of The Office, I saw a lot of different signed photos of actors from the show that went for less than $25. They got plenty of stuff, more than just racing, more than just sports, all kinds of stuff. Man, enter your registration code CLEAR to get some five bucks off. C-L-E-A-R, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. Don't forget the registration code. People, it's free money. Yeah, you get $5 as a new user. Holla. It's quick, free register, free bid, and only pay when you win. PristineAuction.com. As DBC at Sparky2SS asks, Suarez spins Newman last week and tiffed this week. Are these just racing accidents or desperation driving by Daniel to keep his ride by making the playoffs, knowing Cole Custer could be moving the cup next year? Freddie. Yeah, I think so. I think we kind of touched on this earlier. Like He's kind of been over his head a little bit this year. And you don't know if it's desperation because he's maybe hears them Cole Custer footsteps coming, or you know where he's at contractually with them. Um, but yeah, he's definitely done some questionable stuff. Had a couple of different incidents on pit road with different drivers, so you can tell it seems like the pressure's really on him. Sparky two SS, I want you to go back to sixth grade and learn what a run on sentence is, dog. <laughs> Casey could barely get that out of her mouth. That's I know, a, no, that's a lot of words. Fault. It's my fault. That's I can't. A, talk. That's a lot of words without There's some a, sort of punctuation. Uh, 
Man, look, Daniel Suarez is doing all that he can. He probably has a lot more pressure on him than you and I could imagine. I mean, he was in Joe Gibbs Racing Cars where they won races, and he unfortunately didn't win. He was in Stuart Haas Cars all year and and obviously won a lot of races there last year, and he's not winning. So it's really, really hard to explain to you guys how much pressure these drivers feel when their teammates are outperforming them. So when you look at all three of his teammates made the playoff, obviously one of the teammates – um, is winning races currently. All three of them have won at Stuart Haas Racing. It is extremely hard to be in his shoes where you come into a one-year deal and you have to perform, and he did, as he said yesterday, everything that he possibly could to make it. It doesn't have anything to do with Cole Custer in my mind. Yeah, It's got to do with your, your yourself, right? you got to go out and, and perform, and if you don't perform in the sport, you don't, you don't stick around. This next one is from at Stafferty. Jimmy didn't make the playoffs, but Bill, William Byron did. Who's better, Johnson or Chad Knauss? And what does this mean for Jimmy's future? Freddie. Who's better? Like, is he asking if Jimmy or Chad is better? Yeah. Meaning, like, I'm pretty sure because... Who's more important? Yeah, Who's, they've been a team for uh, so long. I mean, I don't think either one of them is more important. I think that they were a great combination for a lot of years. I think Chad's a great crew chief. Jimmy's a great driver. And you take a great crew chief and put him anywhere he's going to exceed with any driver um so maybe i mean i i like brett said jimmy johnson is one of the best that's ever done it in our sport uh chad's obviously one of the best they're both going to be future hall of famers so i, I don't think you're splitting hairs when you talk about who's better between the two of them the the team dynamic is why they split up you know i mean you can't have a situation where uh in my opinion a crew chief is speaking to a driver the way chad was speaking to jimmy over the radio i mean he is talking to a seven-time championship driver in a very demeaning manner with some of the radioactive clips that I saw last year. And I don't watch that show every week. I don't listen to it every week. I'll, I'll listen to it if it ends up on my Twitter timeline. But I think that when you see the dynamic between the driver and the, the, the crew chief not working and making everybody else on the team uncomfortable, because I can tell you, man, when, when those guys start going at it as a team member on that radio, you literally are like, okay, that just changed everything for today. Now they're fighting. Now they're sensitive. Now they're defending themselves. Like it's not how the sport is supposed to be when when everything's clicking on all cylinders. But um, what does I what do I think it means for Jimmy's future? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's a seven time champion. I think he'll retire when he's ready to retire, and I think he'll tell us when that is. And I don't think it's anytime soon. I don't think him or Harvick are going anywhere. Next one from Dubs ten twenty three. We'll do. Daytona, as the regular season cutoff, be more or less intense than Indy was? Brett? Do Daytona? Will do Daytona? Daytona. Um, I, you know what, man? Um, I, we talked about this a little bit last week on the show. Jason must not have went through his notes or he didn't listen because he wasn't here. Um, but we basically said if Clint Boyer were in that situation and it were Daytona, he would be a nervous wreck. If Jimmy Johnson were in that situation, he wouldn't be. He's got seven freaking trophies. So Daytona is going to be an all-out war for that last deal. I would not, as a fan and as someone who would already be locked in the playoff, I can't wait for Daytona. As a person who could potentially be in the same position I was in yesterday, no thank you. I mean, you're talking about one thing going wrong and it literally changing everything and you have zero control. Yeah, you have so many different factors in that race next year. Like, you're the big one, obviously. So do you ride? Do you race in the pack? Stage points. So now you can't really ride if you need stage points because you got to get up there in the top 10. Uh, if you're sitting 16th, there's a good chance you could see a first-time winner 
knock you out of the damn playoffs right there. You know what I mean? So, like, there's just going to be so many different things going on that are, like, yesterday, the chances of a first-time winner weren't great. I mean, obviously, you could – we almost got up there and did it, and we've seen it happen before. But next year, it's it's a it's a crapshoot. It's fifty fifty. Somebody could just pull, pull off their first win. Not only do you have a chance for a first time winner, you have a lot of drivers that have a chance to be a first time winner. Yesterday, Bubba was the only guy that raised his hand and said, "Hey, I want to make this playoff. I want to win this race. I want to be in contention." Man, you you take us to Daytona. It's everybody from David Reagan. You know who obviously won't be here next year, but I mean, you're talking everybody from. I mean, look who just won the damn Daytona race the last time we were there, Justin Haley in a car that can't run on the lead lap to save its life at any other track. So it is certainly the biggest wild card elimination scenario that we could ever, ever ask for in this sport. Last one from Wrecker Fire. Today I'm at the hellfire of the indie yellow shirts. What's everyone's top track security run-in? Freddie. Huh. Well, the yellow shirts, I didn't think they were too bad this weekend. I don't. I don't know. What? I, I don't. I don't. I want to know which ever. retirement home they all go to after the race is over, <laughs> is it, because I feel like you would walk into literally just a royal rumble with them beating the hell out of each other with their walkers <laughs> the, and their canes <laughs> and put the dentures flying across the room. I, I do believe the average age of the yellow shirts there was at least ninety-seven years old. But I mean, I, I don't think I had any really good security run-ins. I mean, not I, even at Indy. We go no, to the track. Not really. I mean, we do have to, like, you show your pass to 75 different people on the way up to the roof, but other than that, you do have to give away. Um, so I did have to sell my firstborn child, my Social Security number, and some other stuff to get a pass just to get on the Pagoda yesterday. But other than that, I, it was pretty good. I had, uh, I've had several incidents. I'll tell you one. No of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one of no them. I'm not going to tell you. I, I, I don't even know if I should tell this one, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell it anyway. I don't care. So we were at Michigan, all right? I'm staying on Elliott's Motorhome, and this particular Michigan weekend could go any sorts of ways because there's been a lot of trouble that I've got in at Michigan. This particular time, though, I'm hanging out at Elliott's bus. Me and Hermie are playing Tiger Woods golf. Elliott's already asleep in the back. Um, Hermie and I slept in the front. It's not as weird as it sounds. Elliot slept in the back. Hermie and I slept in the front. So we get a knock on the door. We open the door, and it's Gillian Zucker, who is the president for Fontana's racetrack. She's like, hey, guys, want to go ride around on the infield? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it. Why not? I'm bored. So me and Hermie um, pile into her car, and she proceeds to go toward the turn two crossover gate. I was like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, let's go right around the track. It'll be fun. I was like, no, it's not going to be fun. We're going to get in trouble. Been there, done this. This ain't going to be good. What does she do? She pulls right out on the track. We go about the length of the back straightaway. Here come five or six security guards, lights flashing, horns blowing, pull us over. I'm like, man, I should have never gotten in car with this chick. So they come rolling Probably up to her car. Probably not the first time you said that, too. And she's like, very true. Once again, we're going back to 30, not 20. And, she, and she's like, they come rolling up to the car, and they are, I mean, dude, these rental cops, you know, these guys think they got the authority of the president of the United States. These guys, are they're going for blood with this lady. And she rolls her window down, and she's like, I'm Gillian Zucker. I'm the president of Fontana Speedway, California Auto Club Speedway. And um, I know Roger Curtis, the president here. This dude ain't having it. They come over to my side. I won't roll my window down. I was like, I ain't talking to these people. I ain't getting myself into this mess. She got me in this mess. Guys, roll your window down. I roll the window down. You got a hard card? Nope. What's your name? Larry Bird. <laughs> like Larry Bird? I was like, yep, that Larry Bird. Obviously, I ain't that Larry He's Bird. shorter. I was like, I ain't telling this guy 
anything. I rolled the window back up. I was like, she got me in this mess. She can get me out of it. Finally, they get Roger Curtis on the phone, and we drove back to the infield. And that's it. Rule number one, don't ever drive on a freaking racetrack. Ever. Duh. Ever, ever. Don't you ever, don't you ever, 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 ever <laughs> drive on a racetrack. <laughs> Janet Jackson. Oh, you like a Freddie Jackson. Don't you ever, ever, ever come by here. Don't call me. I call you. That's from the movie Friday. Uh, Damn it, Jason. Have you seen that movie? No, I'll watch oh, it. That's watch your next that's one. Your next that's one. your movie. You're doing a review next week, and your review better be a hell of a lot better than it's been, because that's the best comedy ever written. That, uh, is, that is the best. Oh. Casey, any security run-ins? Oh, my gosh. I have a lot. Uh, I once was carrying the trophy stand and the car topper like by myself. The thing is bigger than me, like twice my size. I could literally fit in it, and they wouldn't It sounds like you've in. tried that before. Um, I have not tried it before. <laughs> no. Um, they wouldn't let me in victory lane. Would let you in victory lane with the with the trophy. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. not the trophy, but the trophy. Did you get mad? Uh, Did you hit them with the car topper? It's like they find a hundred dumbest people no. that can find within a hundred miles of the racetrack. Like, no, you go, hey, you want to be a security guard this week? Some Did you? of them could be so nice, though. Like some of them are very helpful. They offer, like they didn't even offer to help me. They were just like, no, I'm like, well, I, I, I promise, I'm not doing this for fun. Okay, <laughs> like I'm not carrying this around the track for fun. Uh, but I did finally get in, and no, I did not. Maybe a little bit. You can't help it, man. Like, our thing yeah. is, you know, we can all get in trouble for being um, disrespectful to security guards, but what happens first is they're disrespectful to us, and they don't understand the passes that we had and where our passes allow us to go. Did you see – I think it was this, it was this weekend. Was it uh, Ash- Justin? Ashley, yeah, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley said, Allgaier, like, she had a hard card, and the lady said, let me see your hot pass. She said, this is, a, this is my hard card. She said, yeah, but you need a hot pass. To go up at road. She said, yeah. no, I, I have a hard card. She said, no, you need a hot pass. This is not well, a- <laughs> well, What they don't, I, I mean, this is the track's fault, okay? The track has a, has a job to do, and it is to inform their freaking security people, especially on the infield, what all the different areas are and what passes access those areas. And it is, it, it is very discouraging and upsetting, and my blood pressure will literally boil when I get to somewhere, and they're like, you can't go through here. And I'm like... Been going through here 20 years with the same pass, dude. He's like, I'm not letting you through today. I'm like, yeah, they are. So then you have to stand there and you have to figure it out and you have to negotiate. And then they won't touch your hard card. And it's like, hey, dude. I've seen people, I've seen drivers in fire suits not be able to get through. Oh, Casey, Casey. Kane, yeah. At Homestead, yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, my favorite is when they, like we have like a, a rolling Zuka bag, it's called. And it's just a square frame. And it's just, we cloth. have, it's cloth and it's full of radios. All that's in there is headsets, radios, cables, wires, all this stuff. So they'll stop us. Hey, we need to check your bags, which they're not really supposed to do when we have a hard card, but whatever. So every once in a while, if you don't feel like fighting with them, you just, all right, no problem. I unzip my bag. It could not look any more like a bomb if I tried to make it look like a bomb. And they just peek in there. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. And I'm like, there's 97 <laughs> batteries, two big headsets. <laughs> 14 radios, because I mean, we can't, so people don't realize, we can't use the same radios for everything we do. Right. We're not allowed to, so we can use our NASCAR radios for our top three series. We can't use our NASCAR radios for K&N or ARCA or anything else. They won't let us. We could, but they won't Hang let on, us have all those frequencies. When was the last time you spotted for a, let's start with truck series, with truck series race, K&N, ARCA, modified, He's too anything. high class for this. Or you, you just feel bad for me? Is I don't that what, think I've been at the track when they're running, so if I was there, I would have done it. <laughs> well, I will say, though, some of them can be very nice, but then there are some of them that 
we struggle. There's room for improvement at a lot of racetracks. India is one of them. When, here's my problem with with this whole scenario that we're talking about, and this isn't this doesn't apply everywhere. It doesn't apply to every security guard. But my problem is if you're treating me like you don't want me to be there, then I probably don't want to come back. And I'm getting paid to be there. Right. Right. So if I'm a fan, I've always said we need to go out and hire. Everybody that's working at Disney World, go hire them and let them be security at the racetrack because they're all smiling, they're all friendly, and they all want to help you. That's the kind of people we need on the ground. I used to sneak onto pit road and you're the problem, Jason. You're the <laughs> reason. I raced when I was like 16 with like just a ticket. I would oh, just sneak my way through. You're the God, problem. You're no the wonder. reason that they have to be. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> but I evaded them. They didn't stop me. All right, who wins the t-shirt? Best question. Um, um. Wait a second. I don't even have a t-shirt. I was yeah. going to bring them today. Will you do me a favor next week and, and text me an hour before the show starts? Fine. I'm not bringing TJ one because he never gave me one. <laughs> can I get two right. mediums? Yeah. <laughs> to sew together so yeah. you can wear them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't no way you fit in an extra large. Nah, not a chance. <laughs> Why did you bring me a double extra large t-shirt from the Bahamas? I didn't. Oh, yeah. That shirt's a double X. I ain't that fat, Freddie. <laughs> I'm an XL. Maybe I gave you the wrong one. I got you an XL T-shirt. I got this shirt, man. Can you just say thank you for this shirt? No, <laughs> he's offended me. He thinks I'm a double X. No, he I gives me it. this shirt. I bought. Is it? What, is it? What does it say on it? Something about getting screwed. That's that should have been an XL. No, it's a double XL. Like ah, we'll blame Megan on that one. So I text Megan. I'm like, Freddie lost his phone last week, and I text Megan. I'm like, Hey, tell thanks for my T-shirt, and I thank Megan because I know that she did the right thing. But I know Freddie's being a by buying me a double X. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. The worst part about losing my phone, I told you before, I, I really want to say thank you to everybody that called and texted me yesterday to congratulate me, but I have no idea who you are. So if you could just call me again and let me know who you are, that'd be great. Text me your name. <laughs> yeah. Text me with the name, date of birth. And what you're wearing. Social security number. <laughs> if you're, never mind. <laughs> I love to do that in text threads, right? So if I'm in a text thread with like seven people and there's one or two people that are like serious people and they don't know me that well, I'll just text back and be like, what are you wearing? <laughs> and one of them, you know, there's this awkward silence and then somebody will be like, wrong thread. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I would just tell you what I'm wearing. <sighs> Who's on the shirt? Oh, the shirt. The offer pad, uh, door bumper clear shirt. Um, what do you think the best question was, Casey? I liked the Dubs 1023 in Record Fire. Winner. Freddie's got a winner, too. Do you have it on this phone, Freddie, or is it on your uh, old phone? I, I think Jason's got yep. it. Okay, so good. which one's won the shirt? I think Dubs. 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 Got it. And then we had a review from at Skag, or this is not at, this is on iTunes. Skaggs14 said, I make my doctor's office play this podcast on a weekly basis while I have radiation treatments. Not sure that the medical staff appreciates the amount of laughs I get from it. They keep having to tell me to calm my heart rate down from laughing. Thanks, everyone on DBC. It goes further than you can imagine as far as making people's day. Skaggs. And we'll get you a shirt. You just got to reach out. That was an iTunes review. So you can tweet me at Hey Jason Schultz or at Dirty Mo Media and just let us know and we'll get you a t-shirt. I had a guy come up to me a couple weeks ago and he had had eye surgery and he couldn't open his eyes for days. I mean, this was a serious deal, right? And he had to lay on his stomach because the pressure on his back was going to be like be too much. He listened from episode one all the way through. Like when this guy told me this, I thought I was going to start crying. He's like, man, you guys Aww. got me through it. And I was like, 
man, I don't like to have these kind of conversations. I like fun <laughs> conversations. I don't like all these serious conversations. But I was, man, that was cool for him to say that yeah. we literally got him through that hard time in his life. So for all you people that are out there that are struggling with depression, just listen to Door Bumper Clear. We got you. <laughs> I will say that when I'm having a bad day, I look at the reviews because you guys are so nice. I really appreciate so it. So sweet. It's because of me. No, no, that is not, not it. Not at all. There's, that is not, not the all. case. Casey's whole facial disposition just changed when I said that. <laughs> that's ugly. A double X and now you're being rude. Sorry. I swear to God that's an XL. Are you okay, sure? Okay, I'm going to find it. He brought me a rooster and a double extra large shirt. I brought you a Dominican rooster, Dominican Gamecock, and, uh, and something else. All right, DVC picks. Did TJ ever respond? Yes, he is picking. So the resets for the playoffs. Oh. Brett is winning 15 to 10, so TJ's going to have to make up like six different uh, spots. To be but, honest, that's why that's why we ran so good yesterday. Uh, I was on the show last week, and I heard Brett pick this. So I called the engineering department. I said, like, hey, we got to put a little extra effort in this week. My boy Brett's got us versus Ryan Priest. So that's what's up. That's what happened. Big victory. So it's 15 to 10. TJ, everything resets. TJ's picking Kevin Harvick. Should I take five weeks off just to give him a chance? <laughs> I mean, he's never won. However many years we've done this show, he's never won, and I have a five-point lead with ten races remaining. Just pick me again this week. Yeah. He's got no chance. I mean, this guy literally has no chance. He's picking Kevin Harvick, which is a very good pick. Uh, I'll pick Kyle Busch. Another oh, good one. Big dogs going heads up. Well, he, he needs it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And keep sending those reviews. I think they make our day. And, and thank we'll you for the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Should we send that guy a shirt, too? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent uh, send they, that guy a shirt. So they sent, the, they sent me a DM, and their Twitter handle is DavidT1414. So their name must be Paul, I guess, I would assume. <laughs> Yeah. Think. David, uh, you are the best. You just yeah. thank you, dude. I had eighty nuggets, David. <laughs> I really appreciate the fact that I started a diet today, and you sent in Chick Fil A. <laughs> he sent a fruit cup. He, he said he said he sent it in so I could soak up all the alcohol. So at least he was thinking of me. And <laughs> and someone had, brought I, cookies too. So yeah. uh, we'll have to get her. Leah Vaughn knows uh, the Cookie Lady in Indy. I mean, honestly, today was a dream. I'm not going to lie. Chick-fil-A and cookies. I do want to thank all the people that reached out on Twitter offering me a ride to DVC this morning. (laughs) Uh, Where where are you staying in Vegas? I think I'm going to stay at the Cosmo, see our friend KJ. I don't know about you. Where are you staying? KJ's got me hooked up at the Cosmo, too. I think she got me the penthouse with a balcony. Uh, That's how we're rolling. Where are you staying at? Bally's? Ooh, where's isn't that? that a, isn't that a fitness place? What is, is that, that on the strip? I, I clearly need to go there. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that in it Reno? is on the strip. Uh, I think it's by Paris. Is that in Reno? <laughs> <laughs> is there? A, I know it's close to the mall, which might be one of my favorite place, malls on the circuit. The Fashion Square Mall, or is yeah. that Phoenix? No. Uh, What's it I called? I think it's called the Fashion Square. There's some really cool outlets down there between the strip and the um, racetrack on the right, right off the interstate. There are really good outlets. That's actually where I bought these jeans. Oh, I've at. been there before. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Those outlets are what great. Are you, what are you going out so early for? I'm going out Tuesday, man. My favorite cousin in the world is out there now, Sarah, and she what sent about me. The rest of your cousin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That, Where's Melissa at? I'm just. I mean, she Melissa's like second. B. I mean, Melissa's <laughs> a very close second uh, cousin. Uh, no, actually, she's, uh, she's, she's a close cousin. second to being my favorite cousin. <laughs> she's not my second cousin. But my so listen to me. Sarah is me with a wig on. She is the most Oof. fun human being you've ever been around in your She's life. A, she got a beard. So she <laughs> texted me yesterday, and it was a picture of her boyfriend naked standing uh-huh. on the balcony at the Cosmo, thanking me for helping her get a room. And I was like, Sarah, I really didn't want to see a picture of your naked boyfriend. But Blake's playing a, a big show Wednesday night. What the heck? Thank you for inviting us. 
it's not a public show. It's a private show. Okay. So I'm going to go to that Wednesday night. So Tuesday night, hang out with Sarah. Wednesday night, hang out with Blake. Um, Thursday and Friday, we got offer pad, Nutrinac Solutions, people coming in. Casey's kind enough to help me with some sweet tickets. Thank you. I love does, you. Does, does she know this? Because she looked rather confused there. <laughs> yeah, she's hooking me up with sweet tickets for my peeps. You can think X- Xfinity hooked you up with sweet tickets. Xfinity. Thank you, Xfinity, for being such great partners. But I honestly, man, I love Vegas. Like, there, there's a... So much to do, so many good places to eat, so many great shows to see. O is probably the best show I've ever seen out there. Um, so many concerts, right? I mean, you can find oh, somebody yeah. playing everywhere every night. Last time you were out there, you were on Gwen great. Stefani's Instagram oh, story. Yeah. Last time we were Gwen Stefani's deal, the night before the race. That was, yeah. that was a good idea. <laughs> Jesus. You were famous. When I'm hungover, when I'm hungover right I have flashbacks of other hangovers, and it just gets worse. <laughs> like, you bring something up, I'm like, nah, I don't want to talk about that. So anyway, man, Vegas is fun. Nellis Air Force Base is right there. You get to watch the air show all weekend, yeah, which awesome. is phenomenal. They got all these foreign planes flying in and out of there. And I can't wait to get my tra- tan back. Cause tra- what? <laughs> tan. It's going to be like 101. Uh, that's a dry heat, though, so it's fine. Don't you think we need a policy that when it's over 90, we can wear shorts? Yeah, I'm going to do it. You're just gonna no, go, you're not. Yes, I am. Just going I renegade. did it in Darlington. You're just going to renegade on them. Yeah, I'm going to go renegade and see if he yells at me. You're going to get yelled at. Oh, I know. You're going to get told to put pants on. Probably. But that's the worst that's going to happen. At least you have cool legs till then. Yeah. Sunburn. Sunburn legs. Like you, uh, where was that at where you burned the hell out of your legs? Is that Sonoma? I can't, yeah, Sonoma. I burn them up. <laughs> Top of his legs. I go. He's sitting down the whole time, and I go over, and his legs look like that chicken pit sign. Over there. They were as red as you could get them. I burn easily. I try to tell you people that. Fair skin. My complexion is not conducive to the sun. Anyway, anyway Vegas, Vegas is Vegas fun. is awesome. Uh, it's going to be a crazy race. Lots on the line. Find out who's fast in the playoffs. Because here's the thing, man. People will get fast and win races, and then they'll go start trying stuff. When you got four wins, you can start trying things. You know what I mean? And so now you get back to who's really going to bring the heat, who's really going to bring the speed. Obviously, Kevin Harvick's already been bringing it. But you'll see Gibbs ramp it up. Penske's been missing for a while. feel like they haven't been relevant. You'll see those guys ramp it back up for these playoffs. So, I would have to say that, that Stuart Haas, Penske, and Gibbs are the three organizations to beat, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think – who are you picking for a champion? You, I mean, can you pick because you got your own guy in there? I know you're going to go TJ on me and just pick Clint. Uh, man, you know, it's – it's if you made me pick today and you said, all right, it can't be biased, right? Because if I'm going to be biased, I'm going to pick one of our three guys. But, but if you made me make an unbiased pick – I feel like Kyle Busch is the worst race car driver to only have one champion. I'm sorry, let me re-say that. I feel like Kyle Busch is the best race car driver to only have one championship. So you're taking Kyle Busch. I, I don't know why. I feel like I think I'm going Denny Hamlin this year. I just feel like he's, he's, he's probably the, right now. He's the top two guy to not have a championship. Yeah. So I, I, I think the 11 team's hitting on all Hall 8 right now. But hopefully it's a Chevy. We'll see. Casey, thanks for being back. Thanks for keeping me here. You did a way better job than whoever that idiot was. No, Freddie did week. a pretty good job last week. I well, thanks for the great. pretty good, Jason. I mean, <laughs> I mean, compared to good. today where you're staring at the wall hungover. <laughs> I can't even form sentences There's in my no head. There's no way he could have done this today, Casey. <laughs> no, he could have, no he could have done your job today. It's no, so not a chance. I hope that we post a video of him just, just staring, staring off in his face. Dilner made him do the intro read last week like 27 75. times. Can you say retire differently? I'm like, Jesus Christ, Dilner, I'm not reading it again. <laughs> I don't care. Actually, I have to go to a meeting, so you're you are gonna do this. No, I'm not. There's no chance. <laughs> no. 
right. I cannot read right now. It's not happening. We've had fun. Freddie, we'll have you back on for sure before the uh, end of the year. And obviously the, the Homestead show, if any of us are still alive by then, uh, it'd be amazing. But Casey, thanks for coming back. Jason, man, as always, thanks for putting together the show sheet. We don't give you enough credit Thank for, you. Uh, for what you do. Brett, Casey, if Casey loved you when she starts these shows, she would say, and we have you know producer Jason in the house. She just acts like you're not even here. So I'm going to give you a shout out right Thank now. Thank you. <laughs> And she just took my six sweet tickets back away. I haven't given to him. Give them to just you Just give them to yet. me. <laughs> Are you serious? You're going to blame me right now? You were being so nice for like 10 minutes of the my show. My mom taught me early in life, never blame yourself. Blame, always blame somebody else. It's never my mom's fault and it's never my fault. She taught me well. We're out. Wow. It's been real. See Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mode.